Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. My guest today is Dr. Jim Taylor, and not only being an, an avid triathlete and, and coming back from Worlds recently, uh, you are here to talk about the mental side of sport and uh, and swimming and triathlon. Uh, not only the author of 18 books, but um, the one that I think is probably most relevant for our audience is Train Your Mind for Athletic Success. So uh, thanks so much for being on the podcast, Jim. I'm looking forward to getting into some topics that I think are relevant for a lot of the athletes that I work with on a very regular basis in terms of just the mental side of swimming and the mental side of triathlon. Because, I mean, personally, I, I know how important it can be. And when you haven't got a strong mind, well, then all the work that you've done leading up to that, well, it's uh, yeah, it, it all goes by the wayside. So thanks so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, great to be here, Brenton. And before we dig in, I, I want to say thank you to you and to Effortless Swimming. Um, I've learned so much from your videos. I think I've watched every one of your videos. Um, last fall, I, um, I decided that my my past strategy for getting faster, of going farther and harder, wasn't working. And I discovered Effortless Swimming. And for the first time ever, I learned how to swim fast. And and I worked out. I've been working on it ever since, and I've gotten a lot faster. So I, I'm very appreciative of effortless swimming, and um, I'm really happy to be here to to share my ideas on another aspect of swimming that we don't really think about too much. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate that, and it's great to know that uh, yeah that I'm able to help um, people like yourself, and then yeah, have someone like you reach out and say, look, I reckon we could um, you know, we could talk about something that's relevant on the podcast. So that's why I wanted to get you on. So. Uh, just in terms of your your background, you've you've been in this sort of area for about thirty years now, from what I could see. And um, do you want to just talk a little bit about how that came to be and and the type of people that you work with? Yeah, well, there's a cliche that people become um, psychologists to figure themselves out. And I was a head case as an athlete when I was young. Oddly enough, I was I was not an endurance athlete at all. I was an alpine ski racer, and I discovered sports psychology and applied it to my ski racing and took a, took a quantum leap in my performances in my rankings. Um, competed at the international level, although I wasn't nearly the nearly near the top. Um, and so when I got to college, I, I took a psychology class. And um, the way I put it is that I didn't choose psychology; it chose me. Um, in particular, sports psychology. And so over the over the years, I've, I've worked with you know, thousands of athletes, from juniors to age groupers to professionals and Olympians. And it's all about helping them understand how the mind impacts performance. And then how to strengthen the mind and how to use the mind as a tool rather than a weapon against them. Because as, as you talk to any serious athlete at the highest level, they'll tell you how important the mind is, but not a lot is done about it. And so a lot of my work, whether it's here on podcasts or working individually or with teams, is on educating and providing tools to athletes to help them be mentally prepared so they can compete their best when it really matters. And do you think that, training the mental side of things is similar to training the physical side of things, or do you see that it, it can be quite different? Yeah. Well, the unfortunate th um, aspect of that is that most people don't put mental training in the same place as physical training, meaning conditioning and the technical side of sport. It's like this conditioning and technique and nutrition and uh, sports medicine over here. And then it's like the mental sides over here. It's like, we don't need to deal with it until there's a problem, but that doesn't make a lot of sense. That'd be like waiting to get injured, start doing conditioning. But of course, with on the physical side, you do conditioning to prevent injury. And so I approach it the same way. Um, another thing I will say is that almost every athlete does mental stuff. 
meaning they do things to motivate themselves, to stay positive, to relax, to focus. But mental stuff is not mental training. Just like going into the gym and doing some arm curls or some, some, some quad strengthening isn't physical conditioning. So what's most important about mental training is to approach it the same way you do um, the physical and technical aspects of swimming in this particular case. Um, it, has to be, um, it has to be comprehensive. It has to be structured. It has to be consistent. There has to be a lot of effort that put, that's put into it. And I want to go into some, some of those strategies and ways to train it because I think it, because it's so outside of, well, it's not so outside the physical side of things, but because it's less tangible in, in the way that you can see it, you know, physical nutrition, all right, that's easy. That's, it's very sort of real world. It's in front of you, but the mental side of things, you see it obviously come out, you, you see that play out on the sporting field, but uh, it, it's harder to, I think, see and, and know how to train it too, because uh, aside from sort of putting in the hard work and, and building up your capacity that way, it, it can seem very difficult to train the mind. So how do you, how do you deal with that with, with athletes and how do you uh, show them that it can actually be trained? Sure. Well, I, I think just, as I said before, get into think in terms of that it's mental training that, that you have to train the mind, but you're, you hit the nail on the head, Brenton, that in fact, mental side is harder because you go into the gym, you can see the plates on the bar. The, um, the dumbbells you lift in the pool, you can see the times, the distance, whereas the mental side, it's not tangible. It's not concrete. And so one thing I do to start with that is to th get them to th create a vocabulary of things that are concrete. So for example, I talk about mental muscles. And so obviously athletes, swimmers, triathletes can relate to muscles, muscles of any sort, physical or mental can be weak. They can be strong or they can be injured. And so that's a starting point there. Also, I talk about how, um, Athletes need to develop a mental toolbox and meaning that it's filled with tools they can use when they have the, when they have challenges that come up mentally. So the mental toolbox might be positive self-talk. It might be breathing. It might be focused keywords. So, so by using this vocabulary of mental muscles and mental tools, that starts to make it more tangible. A second part of that is simply helping them understand what these mental areas are. Because again, without a vocabulary and without a way to describe them, you can't, you can't grab onto them. You can't wrap your arms around. It's, it's interesting hearing you bring up some of those things in your toolbox. I did a, I thought the podcast I did just recently uh, was on sort of getting into, into flow in swimming. And some of the things that we talked about there was, was breathing using cues or, or trigger words. Uh, and so I think there's a lot of crossover there with, uh, well, yeah, that's right with, with being in flow, which is often when um, you're not thinking, you're not thinking, too much uh, consciously. It's just, it's all sort of happening in the background. Yeah, absolutely. And really flow, that's one word that's used. Um, I use the term um, prime, um, prime performance, so in the, this case, prime swimming. And I define it as performing at a consistently high level under most challenging conditions. And so whatever word you use, you call it in the zone, flow, prime swimming. The idea is to get to a place mentally where when it's time to, to race, whether it's the, the first leg of a triathlon, a distant swim or, or um, a, a meet in the pool is being at a place where your mind works with you, not against you, and where you don't have to try. Because one thing I learned from your videos is that you can't try to swim fast. Rather, you just have to do the things necessary that allow fast swimming to come. Not, try, not trying to force it, I think, is the, one of the big takeaways that people often have when they don't come from that swimming background as a junior, where they think that to go fast, so they've got to try just so much harder and then they end up working against themselves and end up swimming slower 
and um, and get a lot more tired. But when they just relax and they ease into it, and yeah, they just turn up the dial and the effort ever so slightly. Well, those that's when you see that that increase in speed. And do you, do you see there being a crossover with with that, and then just with the with the mental side of things, not not trying too hard to to do things, not forcing them. Yeah, very much so. Um, the way I think about it is that initially, just like with physical conditioning, you have to put a lot of effort to get stronger physically. And you, in, in mentally as well, you have to put in quite a bit of effort and focus on different mental areas to get those mental muscles stronger. But the idea then when it's time to race, you don't have to think about using those muscles or using those tools. Mm. They just come out because you've trained them to use them when, when necessary. Uh, uh, before the call, we were talk, talking about... Uh some you know, people that you've worked with. And I want to go into the story of the person you helped sort of get over having panic attacks when they were going to do an open water swim, which is a pretty common one from the people that I, I work with. So do you want to talk a little bit about that and then some strategies that you you help, you used uh, and, and help this person apply? Yeah, sure. So certainly open water swimming is a source of fear for, for most swimmers, especially, at least everyone who's not a very seasoned, experienced open water swimmer. And um, I was over in the UK um, uh, in April doing some work with Global Triathlon Network. And um, I did a segment on, um, on issues related to fear and other mental areas. And I get this email from this English fellow who um, he's, a, he's a national level triathlete, but he has panic attacks in the water where he just he has to grab onto the kayak or the, or the, um, the, the sup because he just can't go on. And so we, and, and it, it came out of some trauma that he had when he was younger, swimming in open water where he was just really scared. And, and so we worked for several sessions, giving him some understanding about what happens physiologically, and then also what he, what he can do to, to let go of some of the, this, um, uh, some of the panic. And so, and again, none of these things are really rocket science, but it's a matter of applying them in, in sort of very consistent and focused ways. And, and what, we what we did was, first of all, a lot of mental imagery. And so mental imagery is the most powerful mental tool there is. That is, in your mind's eye, a lot of people call it visualization. You can call it that if you want. Just closing your eyes and seeing and feeling yourself performing the way you want. So what I had him do was in some past situations where he would start to panic, I had him engage in what's called corrected imagery. So I'd have him replay that memory, but correct the memory, correct the image, and see himself in that situation, but staying relaxed, staying focused, staying positive, and continuing on. And what happens is by do, using this imagery, um, he, he, he basically rewired his brain because these memories were wired in there of, of, of panic. And so we were able to, through a lot of imagery, to rewire those and bypass the panic and get him to just be able to imagine himself performing the way he's capable of, of performing. And then in open water, um, obviously a lot of breathing, breathing so important. And yet it's such a, a difficult part of swimming because you can't breathe whenever you want, unlike on a bike or when you're running. And so, so being very conscious of breathing, because there are a lot of things that we can't control physiologically when we swim, we can't control our heart rate directly. We can't control our adrenaline. We can't control our blood flow, but what we can control is our is our breathing, which then enables us to control our other physiologies. And so really focusing on the breathing. Also, if you're focusing on breathing, you're not focusing on whatever's scaring the heck out of you in this particular case of this fellow. And then a lot of positive self-talk. Just having this mantra of I can do this, stay relaxed, I can get there, just stay, stay focus on the buoy. And, and by focusing on that over a course of a couple of weeks, he was actually able to let go of a lot of his panic 
and settle in and have some good performances where he qualified for for European championships. Yeah, that's awesome. There's a, there's quite a few things there that uh, that resonate. The first one is often, uh, and I had a, a another coach on the podcast, Phil Clayton, who's on the Gold Coast, and he was saying one of the things he does with his athletes in the open water if they're if they're starting to panic and uh, and go into that state, he'll ask them a question out of left field completely unrelated to swimming and just distract them and they're like what what did you say like and and then they just kind of, they forget that uh that they're sort of going that it breaks that um you know kind of it kind of breaks that um build up of of those emotions and those feelings uh and then oh, sorry you go yeah i was just going to say that that's a fabulous strategy in that situation because what happens is a very brief little bit of neuroanatomy here so there's a part of our primitive brain called the pre called the um, amygdala and it's a filter through which um, all information comes in. And so we can have a quick response if we perceive a threat. So in this case, he was perceiving a threat. So his amygdala was firing and taking control of his brain and his body. So by asking this question, what it does, it engage in, uh, engages in our, our, a part of our evolved brain called our prefrontal cortex. And, and, and basically, it, it, it disconnects everything that's going on from the amygdala and, and enables him to use his prefrontal cortex, which is involved with being rational, being calm, being thoughtful, being deliberate. And so by simply getting to think about something else, it gets, gets him out of that cycle of that threat physiology that's, that causes the panic reaction. This podcast is brought to you by Form Goggles. Form empowers swimmers at every level to reach their goals, whether they want to get stronger, faster, swim further, or to be more efficient. Get lap-by-lap motivation with real-time metrics and workout instructions right in your goggles. And Form's recently released Form Plans, which include a progressive series of workouts to help you achieve your fitness, skills, or triathlon goals. You can follow along with the plan and your weekly swims will be automatically synced to your goggles. So you'll swim through your workouts with real-time metrics and workout instructions all in your goggles. So it's like having a coach right there with you. And I've had a look through these training plans and I think they are excellent for people who want to train for certain triathlons or reach certain fitness goals, it will build on each week and a really good way to progress, progressively build up your fitness. So if you'd like to follow along with some plans to help you reach your specific swimming goals, then check out Form Goggles at formswim.com forward slash effortless. And this will give you $15 off your purchase of Form Goggles. So formswim.com forward slash effortless to get your pair of Form Goggles. It's, it's interesting and it works, works really really well and it's um it's not the only time where i've heard uh sort of coaches or, or someone who's looking looking out for some just use that tactic and uh and, and can work really well and the other one that you mentioned there was going back and not erasing the memory but just sort of changing the way that you that you see it and when you visualize things especially in a in a way where they almost feel like they're real it's very hard to distinguish between what actually happened and um and 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 what sort of what you think happened. So I think it's uh, it's a really good way to be able to do that. And I think back to like so many of the things that have happened in my life, whether it be like races, sporting achievements, um, or just like general things in, in life, it, they're things that I've seen in my mind first. And I've, I've sort of looked, you know, I've, I've thought about them many, many times, especially I think in my twenties, I was, it was very heavy on the visualization when you're thinking about what sort of life do you want to lead? What do you want to be doing? Um, what do you want to be doing in terms of racing as as well? And it's it's just such a powerful strategy that I think is um, you know, every successful person or athlete that I've spoken to they they use it, um, and it's it's just so powerful. 
Yeah. And and Brendan, at the heart of all this is is really getting getting a real understanding about how the mind influences performance or as you suggest life. And in with that, well, what happens is instead of our mind controlling us, and sometimes parts of our mind control us in not healthy ways, whether it's getting really nervous about something that's not really worth getting nervous about, or getting really negative or not being motivated, and and turning that around and taking control of our minds so we can use it to help us achieve our goals. And, and pretty much everything I do in my work is involved in, in three, three key areas. One is helping athletes achieve their goals because that's why they come to me. But a, a really important thing about what I do also is that it's not just about swimming or triathlon or sport performance. It's about personal development, helping them become the best versions of themselves. And then the ultimate is, is mental health. And, you know, anybody who's involved in swimming knows that you know, Michael Phelps and other swimmers are coming out and talking about the, the mental health challenges that they've had. And this, so everything I, I do is about, yes, helping them achieve their performances, but also helping them become the best people and the healthiest people they can be. Yeah, which is the the ultimate goal, really. I mean, I've I've talked about my my dad was my coach growing up and the number one thing for him with coaching myself and the other athletes, it wasn't about getting the best results as a swimmer. It was about getting the best results for, for that person in terms of their, uh, what kind of person they became. Uh, which is which then can lead to better success on the sporting field but um yeah no one really you look at um the at wimbledon uh, i don't know if you saw wimbledon but the aussie guy nick Kyrgios, he's um quite polarizing uh, a lot of people love him a lot of people hate him but uh he he like he's a very good tennis player but his attitude and the way that he carries himself doesn't come across as a great person uh with yeah, with, with a great attitude at all. So, uh, and I think that's what puts a lot of people off. And so no one really sort of cares about um, your sporting success if you are an a-hole, you know, it's like I'd much prefer someone to be a, a good person um, and less less successful on the sporting field if it's someone that I've got to, you know, work with on a, on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And, and just in terms of the, uh, like the mental side of things. So over the last sort of six months or so, I've, I've um, like, a story just about the importance of how you think about things is I've had to, I've had some stuff happen with my heart and I had to wait for six months to see a cardiologist. And so I just didn't, I wasn't pushing myself and wasn't sure if, if if I had an issue with my heart and long story short, it was, it all came out okay in the end. But for those six months, like I just, I, I wasn't enjoying swimming a lot because I couldn't push myself. And, and I think mentally in the back of my mind, I was just, because I had to go a bit easier, I, I didn't feel good in the water and um, just my times were very slow. And then as soon as I got the all clear, the next session, I was like, okay, I'm almost back to my normal times. And it was just a mental thing holding me back because I um, you know, was concerned about this this thing uh, in the background. And yeah, all, all of a sudden I'm like, I'm really, really excited to go to the pool to get back there and to start, start pushing again. But um, yeah, boy, I, I certainly noticed that in the last six months. Yeah. Well, um, the, I think it's a really good example of how the fact that when I talk to swimmers and triathletes um, about when they compete, especially, is that on, on race day, they're actually competing in two two races. And I don't mean two actual swim races. This is the obvious one, of course, where you're swimming against your competitors. Um, and actually, you know what? There's actually three, now that I think about it, especially in triathlon. Um, the first, of course, again, you're trying to beat your competitors and get the best result you can. But before you can win that race, there's another race you need to win. And that's the race against the conditions. And again, that's where, especially open water, um, that can be a real problem, whether it's cold or there's big waves. I don't know if you saw Escape from Alcatraz, 
the, some of the worst possible conditions. And I've done Alcatraz four times and jumping into the, the water um, from a perfectly functioning boat um, in the middle of San Francisco Bay um, is definitely a, a scary situation. It's, it's cold. There's the, there's the, um, the, the currents. There's the waves. Um, you have to be able to overcome those conditions. But before you can win that race, there's a, there's a more fundamental race you have to win. And that's the mental race against yourself. And ultimately, I think most of us at this point, unless you're at the very top level, um, whether you're age group swimmers or triathletes, it's really just the, the challenge and the joy of it is, in fact, overcoming yourself and, and being able to win that mental race. Because if you don't win that mental race, you can't beat the conditions, you can't beat your competitors. So it really starts all there. And it's a matter of what do you need to do then to win that mental race that will then enable you to, again, overcome the conditions and your other competitors. So that's, I, I found that that's a really nice way to think about it is that on race day, it's really, I'm racing against myself first and whose side am I going to be on? And because I can assure you, I didn't grow up swimming. Um, I didn't learn to, I didn't do a lap until I was well into adulthood. Didn't learn to, to turn my head in, in doing laps until then. And so something doesn't come naturally to me and it's not, it's, it's, it's always a challenge for me. And, and, and so being out in open water, the first part of a race and going like, boy, I'm hating this. I'm not having a good time. This hurts. It's like game over. And, and one thing I've really, you know, one of the, one of the funny things about what I do for a living is that I have to practice what I preach. And so it wouldn't be good for me to be like really negative about myself or unmotivated or unfocused. So, so it, I've had to apply a lot of these things to myself and I'm, I'm my own client in a way and my own guinea pig to see what works and what doesn't. And, and one of the most basic things when it's difficult is just staying positive and staying on your side. It's like, okay, this is hard, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep pushing because I want to, I want to win all three of those little races that I mentioned. Yeah. It's, and, and so much of it is the, the approach that you take to it. Like the first one is the, whatever result you get today, it's not the result that you're going to get tomorrow. And just taking each, each race as, as a learning experience and, knowing that you're probably not going to get everything right. And I mean, you even see it if you, if you watch any of Lionel Sanders videos or any of those top, top pro triathletes, they talk about the mental side of things as they're going through, as they were going through the race and they haven't got it nailed every time. And it, it most of the time it is a, a big, uh, it's the mental side of things that often lets them down. Yeah. Sometimes physically on the day, things aren't right, but he didn't talk about, you know, I, I let, I let this get to me or I pushed too hard because my ego got involved and, and then I blew up and it, it's very much mental that way. And the, the other one too, like you talked about being a guinea pig, I, I find a very similar thing. It's like, I, I learn, I can learn a lot that I can use to coach other people by being the guinea pig. And I can't, um, yeah, it's a similar thing. I, I feel the pressure of, uh, not yeah, having to do what I preach, uh, which is, which is a good thing. It keeps you accountable. Right. For sure. Yeah. And um, I thought it might be interesting to your audience to talk a little bit about some of the mental muscles that I focus on. Um, because again, what's really important is everybody knows the mind is so important, but if, when I, when I, when clients first come to me um, and, and I say, look, oh, you're obviously here because you know, the mind is important. Like what aspect of the mind are you, are you struggling with? And they go, I don't really know. It's just like my mind's not working for me. And so, so again, creating that vocabulary is really important. And there are a couple of mental muscles that I think are most fundamental to swimming performance and athletic performance and life performance in general. Um, motivation, um, confidence, um, intensity. And when I talk about intensity, I don't mean like mental intensity like this. I mean, physiological intensity of from being really relaxed to being really intense. And somewhere in that continuum, you swim your best. 
um, focus. Obviously, swimming is so technical and it's so important to have that constant focus um, in an environment where it's easy to drift off because you're just looking at the bottom of a, of a pool. Um, and then emotions. Emotions play a huge role in, in, the, in ultimately how somebody performs. So, so motivation, confidence, intensity, focus, and emotions are the, the, five, are the five mental muscles that I focus on most to help strengthen in the athletes I work with. And is there one or two of those that are most common that people uh, either think they need to work on or you see as them needing to work on? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they're all important and they all present challenges, but I would say the first two mostly. Um, first, motivation, because motivation is the foundation of everything. And yes, um, hopefully I'm not going to insult the, the, the real swimmers in our audience that, um, that swimming for many, many swimmers, especially w what Lionel Sanders calls um, adult onset swimmers, um, is um, it's not inherently fun. It's, it's repetitious. It, it, there's not much of a view, things like that. And so, um, so for a lot of swimmers, it's, it's hard to get in the pool and do the work. And especially if you're not very good at it, um, it's just not fun to have being, being in a lane and have people flying by you. And so, so motivation is a big challenge. It's like, why are you out there? What are you getting out of it? And what do you want? And, and a personal experience. I mean, um, two, two winters ago, I actually almost gave up on swimming. Not that I was going to stop, but that I decided I wasn't getting any better. And, and I was working so hard. Now it was, there was no reward for it. I was working so hard. I was suffering. I, I live at, 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 at elevation a lot of the time um, in the Northern California mountains. And doing intervals at elevation are really unpleasant. And, and, um, and, and I wasn't being rewarded for it. And so, uh, so thankfully, I, I discovered effortless, effortless swimming. And, and I found a purpose and a focus. And that totally changed my motivation. And now I love swimming. And I love going to the pool and, and suffering through intervals. Um, and so motivation is really important. Because without motivation, nothing else matters. You're not going to get up and go to the pool at 5.30 in the morning or at the end of the day. Um, and then confidence. Confidence is so important because you might have the physiological and technical capabilities to go the distance at a certain pace. But if you don't believe you have that ability, you're not going to use that ability. And so, so much of, of what, what I do in the pool and what I encourage um, triathletes and swimmers to do in the pool is not only develop the physical and technical capabilities to go fast, but also develop that belief. That, that if they train properly, they're going to be able to uh, maintain that goal pace and achieve their, their, their goals in the swim or the segment of the, of the triathlon. I like it. And with motivation, it's um, like when, when you mentioned motivation in my, in my mind, I, I think back to um, the, uh, the book that is the power of habit. I think it is of um, it's escaped me now, but anyway, a book I read recently. And um, in that book, they talk about um, like motivation only get you so far. It's the, it's the habits that you build, but I, it sounds like what you're talking about there is, well, if you've got the kind of like that, if you've got something that's drawing you to, to do it because you find it more, more enjoyable and, and it doesn't need to be more enjoyable because it's necessarily um, easy. You're probably still putting in the work, but you, you've got something to work on and you know what you can actually do to improve. That is what is helps get you to the pool. That's what has that motivation to to get you there. Well, that, that's certainly part of it. And the book is the power of habit. I think you're you're thinking of. The, what do I say? Yeah, the power of habit. Power of habit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you know, first of all, you have to ask yourself why why am I going, and is is it important to me? And so it might be certain goals to in, could be competitive goals, for example. And so for me, um, 
I, I, I'm, a, I'm a faster runner. And so I need to get faster as a swimmer if I want to be really competitive at the world level. So that's motivating for me because I'm a competitive guy and I want to achieve goals. And so having those goals is, you know, goal setting is one of the most robust areas of research in sports psychology. And, and one thing that's very clear is that if you have clearly defined goals you set for yourself, you're going to be more motivated. Because one of the, for some reason, we're wired to, to connect with goals. I mean, as you well know, Brenton, one of the great joys in life and fulfilling aspects of life is setting a goal, working toward a goal, and achieving a goal. So having goals is really important. Um, also, though, there are a lot of things that bring people to the pool. Um, I'm, a, I'm, I'm super technical. So I love getting into the, the high elbow and the catch. And it's like all your videos. I mean, I, I, there was just, I was going crazy over them because I was looking at all the little nuances and, and seeing how it affects me. So it could be motive, it could be um, um, technical aspects, just loving the drilling and getting better technically. Um, it can be just enjoying the, the freedom and the quiet of the water, something that simple. I mean, swimming is in a way um, an isolation chamber. And it's a wonderful place to just be within yourself. And yes, they have the, you know, the, the waterproof um, Bluetooth headsets and all that. And if people are into that, that's fine. But, but it's really therapeutic to just get out there and just let your mind be quiet. Uh, also, though, um, I have a good friend of mine who's um, also a, a world-level age, group, age grouper. And when she just trains by herself, it just sucks the joy out of it. So she joined uh, a, swim, a swim team, a swim club recently. And she gets out there and she's inspired by other people. And she's motivated by other people. So there are a lot of things that motivate people to get in the water and do the work. And what's really important is to figure out what motivates you. And, and for some, I mean, it, it also some rewards. Like for me, I'm a carrot cake dessert guy. And so every Saturday, I buy, get myself a piece of carrot cake. And that reward, that's my little reward for, for doing the work all week long, not only in the pool, but on the bike and the weight room and, and running as well. So it's really important to look at those things and then use some of the tools like goal setting, um, like focusing on the present, like having teammates and that support. Those are all really great ways to get yourself to be motivated. I think I think about what what motivates me to to get to the pool, and it's oh, there's so many different things. Like I love I love how it makes me feel, particularly after a session. Like just to get that to get that workout. Um, I I like the the people that I swim with. You know, so the the social side of it is a big one. I like being good at something as well. You know, and and I like being challenged in in that way uh, because you know when you put the time into to something. Uh, you, know, you the you get more confidence and you and you really enjoy it a lot more and so the better you get the I think the more you tend to enjoy doing it um, and yeah and another one too is that it's um like it just I find I feel uh, yeah I just it, just throughout the day it's it's the thing that keeps me level so if I've started my day with the swim the rest of the day you know goes goes really well and I notice if I haven't been to the the pool and I certainly noticed that over over COVID like I ended up going out into the the mountains and like running heaps and riding heaps when the, when the pools weren't open, like just to try and get my, my fix and to um, uh, yeah. And, and to have that sort of calm state But it, I never quite got there without the swimming. And I think a large part of that is that, that isolation, just the having the shutting all the noise out. There's no technology. You're, you're, you're forced to just um, you know, be in your mind and, and it's very much meditation for me. Sure. And let's realistic, be realistic, Brent, you're a swimmer. And so, of course, it'd be much, much more satisfying for you to swim than for you to maybe run or bike, which can be certainly satisfying. But but your identity is a swimmer, and and obviously with with your effortless swimming business and so on, um, it's a source of a great satisfaction and meaning and, and joy. 
And, and I can totally relate during COVID when all the pools shut down. Unfortunately, um, I live a good part of the year I'm near San Francisco. And so I swim in aquatic park. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's this one sort of closed in ass area of, of, um, of San Francisco Bay that has buoys and about a mile loop you can do and as well as a shorter um, buoy course. And, and I can assure you there's no joy in swimming in San Francisco Bay in March or April because it's about 50 degrees and unbelievably cold. But I swam there probably over those next couple of months till pools open probably 25, 30 times. And, and I felt like a really, really tough guy too. So there's a real psychology to it as well. Um, unfortunately, in, in a sort of a funny sort of way is um, there's um, the, 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 um, the South End Rowing Club and the Dolphin Club are these two cl swim clubs there where people swim in the bay without wetsuits. And, and so I, I, it's always humbling because they're not, they're way tougher than I am. That's for sure. Um, but, um, but for you in your swimming, it, it was just, it was a source of, of sort of therapy, if you will. Um, it was good for you in terms of your mental health, not just in terms of your fitness. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely right. And I mean, even, uh, it, the cold water swimming. So like, well, yeah, we did a little bit of the, the open water swimming over, over COVID and things like that. And there's a, quite a few down here where I live at, who swim every day, no wetsuit. And for them, it's just, it's become this ritual for them where they love the feeling of the, the cold water and they, you build up your tolerance to it, but you, you get out and you feel, you feel amazing afterwards. And but it's also that ident identity thing and, and how you think other people perceive you. It's kind of like someone getting a you know, sports car and you think people looking at you going, geez, this guy is cool or this guy makes a lot of money. When most people are thinking, you'd like, <laughs> you're an idiot. Uh, but, but yeah, I think that when I get out of the surf, right, if it's big surf, I will come out and there's people watching the waves. You think, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. I've just been out in big waves. And but I think you can kind of play into into that of, of what you think other people might think of you or even how you perceive yourself you can really just lean into it and um and and it can help you and i see it with triathletes too it's like they 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 love the feeling of being a, a triathlete being really fit and, and doing all this stuff and 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 they carry that as part of their identity but that can also be a huge thing that motivates them to train so much Right. And I mean, it, it can, it's sort of a double-edged sword in some ways is because if you, it, to, to be a triathlete or a serious swimmer, you have to invest a lot of time and energy and, and certainly money on the triathlon side for sure. And um, that can be great in terms of motivator, but can all, it can also be a demotivator because basically in the, it's the idea that if every time you, you race, you're putting your identity, your, your value of yourself on the line. And that's where a healthy perspective is really, really important. And I find this up to the pros that I work with um, in triathlon, that even them were, this is their livelihood. And, you know, they're trying to win Kona, they're trying to win um, PTO events, Collins Cup. And, and, they, uh, and so there's a lot on the line. And yet their ability to keep perspective enables them to go faster. Because the fact is, as you suggest, Brenton, when we think other, other people are thinking this or that about us, they're not. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're, we're not that important except to our family and our friends. What we're doing, we're not mind, we're mind reading, but we're not reading their minds, we're reading our minds. And so we want to feel a value and worthwhile. And so, and that's, that's really perfectly good and valuable. Um, but it's a matter of staying, maintaining a healthy perspective of why I'm out here. Because as an age grouper, yeah, I mean, if I go to Worlds or not, or if I have a good race or not, nobody cares except me. But, mm. but the fact that I care and, and I approach it in a healthy way that, might never be the best, the very best in the world. But if I can be competitive, then that's pretty darn good. And 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 I, I can tell you, I get such joy out of my triathlon training. 
now, including swimming, thanks to you. Um, and so I think what's really important is for, for swimmers and triathletes to keep in mind about why they do it and, and, to, and to really understand what the satisfaction is. Because we can't always control our results. Sometimes we just blow, we just bunk. And Sam Long, this happened to challenge, challenge Roth, where he was off the bike in great shape, and then he just blew up on the run. And, and that's, that happens. Um, but he had a really good perspective about it. And he's going to learn from it, and he's going to move on and continue to get, to get better. So yeah, it's very much the story that you tell yourself, isn't it? You know, you could, you could completely go on one side or the other. And if you can tell yourself the right story or frame it in the right way, well, that, yeah, that can be the difference between um, maybe having like a, something attached to challenge Roth. Every time you go back there, that, that's the race that I bonked at. You know, it's probably going to happen again. Or that's the difference between, you know, thinking, oh, well, that's, um, you know, that, that was just a once off. And I, um, you know, I, I know I've done the right things to be able to make, make a difference next time I race. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And so I think my, my approach to mental training is, is really to think about, and, and there's here's some suggestions for your audience is think about like, what mental areas do I struggle with? And again, I think you can worth thinking in terms of motivation, confidence, intensity, meaning nerves is the high end of that, um, focus and emotions. And, and then to, to pick out a couple of tools that we can use, that they can use to help them um, deal, with some, deal with some of these challenges. Because the fact is, is the mind is so powerful. And if we don't do something about it to, to take control of it and to use it to help us, then it's going to take control of us and it's going to take us down a bad road. And, and Brendan, here's a good metaphor I use is, is um, this doesn't apply so much maybe in swimming, I suppose, but um, is, or actually it is a fork in the road or you go off course, you're, you're an open water swimmer and you go off course and you go off course is a metaphor here for you go to the dark side. If you're a Star Wars fan where you go negative or you start to panic or you get nervous or um, you start to think you just, you just can't, you're not going to finish your goal time. And when you veer off course, if your mind goes off course, your mind, your body's going to go off physically metaphorically off course as well. So, so a, a great way to think about swimming now that I think about it, and I'm just making this um, off course stuff up right as we speak, is that always try to get your mind to stay on course. And, and on course is whatever your goal, whatever your purpose is out there, whether it's in the pool where you've got a really hard workout and, and it's really hard or um, a really long swim or tough conditions, um, making sure that your mind stays on course. Because if your mind stays on course, then your body will follow. And, and that's the ultimate goal. And so being in that situation where if, if you start to go down, go off course in terms of negativity or distraction or lack of motivation, say, wait a minute, what do I need to do here? What tools can I use to get myself back on course to, so I can finish the swim in a, in a, in a good way? And I, I think it's really good to just have that uh, like a daily or at least weekly sort of uh, practice with the, with the mental side of training like we talked about at the start because i i think back to when i was training as a teenager we we're swimming i think seven or eight times a week with a couple of gym sessions in there really fit trained really hard and it and you've also got a coach there and your other teammates and there's you know it's really good culture of pushing one another and you know, not giving in all that sort of stuff and um so i feel like i developed that really well through my teenage years and then as you get a bit older uh, you know, you don't necessarily have that environment or that, or the, or the coach there working with you, drilling it into you on a regular basis. So it's easy to let it slip away. But every time I come back to you know, talking to someone like yourself or um, get into a really good squad environment and you, and you get challenged and you get pushed, it's, um, 
yeah, you know, you just go so much. I, I go so much better in that sort of environment where it is um, where you're reminded of it on a, a regularly because it is easy just to kind of forget about. And if you let it go by the wayside, well, I, I, I think you can just yeah mentally get a little bit weaker, um, like anything you don't train. Yeah, and and for me, the most fundamental aspect of of being the best swimmer you can be um, is consistency. And obviously, you just mm. said you were swimming seven or eight times a week. And you know, you know, Caleb Dressel, he's he's in the pool. For, I mean, I don't know how many yards and, and hours a week um, as the best in the world. And so it's it's that consistency of, of 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 training that plays a big role, but also the consistency of mind. And in a lot of the mental training, it's about creating a consistently strong mind. And so so because the fact is is that you know swimming back and forth in a pool that has its challenges, but going to open water has way far more challenges in a lot of ways. And so. It's, it's not about being able to just feel confident and motivated and relaxed and focused and good when you're doing, uh, when you're doing laps in, the, in pool training. It's about in the race in the pool or in the open water, how do you respond to those challenges? Because yes, swimming is a very simple environment, but there are certainly challenges that you face in terms of how you feel physically and who you're competing against and what your goals are. And then you go out to open water and there's the, the whole plethora of, of additional environmental challenges. And so the ultimate goal is how can, what can you do to ensure that when you're faced with those challenges, that you respond positively. And, and as you suggested with the, with the book, The Power of Habit, it's, it's, it's a process, but ultimately it's a habit of ingraining um, by, by strengthening your mental muscles, by having access to these mental tools in your, in your mental toolbox, so that the natural habit is to stay on course and to stay positive and motivated and focused and relaxed. And that, that doesn't just happen, oh, I'm going to start thinking positively on race day. That's like saying, I'm going to start you know, doing conditioning on race day. It's not going to work. It's about developing um, a program and a process where every day, in fact, every time you go into the pool or every time you go in open water, you have something you're working on mentally. And so you're, by doing that, like, for example, um, every time you have a hard workout, you're going to, I'm going to focus on just being really positive. And when I say that, I don't mean loving it. I don't mean swim, swimming, uh, let's say, like tomorrow I have to do five 200s at race pace. It's not going to be fun. But to say, I'm going to keep going, I'm going to keep pushing because this is going to help me achieve my goals. And so having that at your disposal every day you train, what you're doing is, as you suggest, ingraining that way of thinking, that way of feeling, that way of responding to challenges as a habit. So on race day, What's going to come out? Whatever the habit is. It's uh, like I'll, my next question is going to be: How do you ingrain those? How do you do those things on a on a daily basis? But you, you talked about it there. It's like it's setting these little challenges in a in a session every single time. And yeah, as a as a swimmer, some things you, you can do in there is uh, you it might be a certain uh, breathing pattern that you're looking to hold. It might be a certain pace that you're looking to hold in a set. It could be trying to hold the, the same sort of uh, stroke count or number of kicks off the wall if you're if you're more a pool based swimmer. Um, so there's all these little things that you can set for yourself uh, along the way that make it a lot more fun, a lot more enjoyable. And yeah, you want to set those targets just just out just above like a a range that you think you could um, do, or, or add a range that you think you could do if you're if you're really trying and if you're really switched on. And it's all those. Again, thinking back to when I was a teenager training that often, it's all those little things that you do, you'd be able to do once or twice a day uh, with your two sessions. It's like, yeah, that's, it's, 
you just build that confidence every every single time and that carries carries into other things that you do whether it be academics or, or work you build up that mental toughness and ability to to push through that it carries across to all other aspects of your of your life and that's why i think swimming such a swimming such a, a good sport because it is tough but if you can learn to stay calm keep stay calm under pressure and uh, and and learn to to push yourself it's like that balance between you know tension and, and relaxation it's it's just such a, a good sport to be able to teach people things that will help them for other areas of their life without a doubt and, and i think that if, if if swimmers can apply a lot of their ideas that they use on the technical and physical side to their mental training then they can make some real gains and so every time you go to the pool i assume you've got a training program like i've got a workout i'm going to do tomorrow morning and my, my, that my coach developed for me. And, but also at the same time, I'm going to be working on something mental. So, so thing in terms of the three areas, physical, technical, and, and mental. And so every time I go to the pool and this, what swimmers should do is to have a specific goal they want to work on, something they want to achieve um, in that workout, physically, technically, and mentally. And, and it could also be, you can also actually add in a tactical thing, like, like maintain a certain pace. And so if you can, have that awareness of what you're doing with your mind then you can with that awareness just like if you notice you you know you're dropping your elbow you go okay i need to get it back up same thing with mental it's like i'm, I'm halfway through these sets and man i'm getting down on myself and i'm not i'm thinking like i want to get out of the pool it's like wait a minute here's some things i can do to motivate myself so i'm going to focus on on what on my goal of i'm going to worlds in november in abu dhabi and i need to i need to do the work or I need to do whatever I need to do mentally to achieve those goals. So with, the, with that awareness, then you can do something about it. And that is use some of the tools of positive self-talk, breathing, relaxing the body, whatever it might be to, to strengthen the mind. And if you keep doing that over and over and over again, just like good technique, then over time it becomes habit. And then on race day, you don't have to think about it at all because it's so well ingrained. And some of those strategies and tactics we talked about it in the beginning, but uh, for those listening, what's the best way to either get in touch with you or read more or, or you know, get some of the stuff that you've, you've covered here? Um, sure. So you've got the, the book, Train Your Mind for Athletic Su Success, which I saw is on your website. It's on Amazon. Um, so what are some of those places that people can get in yeah. touch with you? So, so I, I do a ton of writing and you can go to my website, um, drjimtaylor.com, drjimtaylor.com. And I've got literally thousands of, of blog posts um, on, on, on the psychology of, of sport. Um, I've got a specific page for, um, um, for a specific category for triathlon. And, and so just tons of things to read all free. Um, if you want to buy my book, that's great too, of course. And then I've got my contact information, my email and my phone number. Um, I work with athletes all over the world um, remotely. Long before COVID came along, I've worked with athletes remotely. And, um, and so if, if, I, if I can help in any way, either formally, like hiring me or even informally just asking me a question i always respond to my emails um, i have a great passion for what i do and I, i'm here to help people so um so that my website's the place to start fantastic well i can tell that you've done this for a long time you you know your stuff back to the front and um i've really enjoyed chatting with you so uh, i'll have you back on the podcast uh sometime sometime this year again because i've gotten a lot out of it and um yeah i'm sure i'm, I'm sure those listening will have as well and uh, if you are listening to this podcast, send me an email. Is there is there some questions that you'd like to ask Jim here, uh, or yeah, is, have you got any maybe stories of 
when you have managed to make that switch and uh, and change your thinking. So, uh, Jim, thanks very much for being on the podcast. It's been uh, fantastic and looking forward to chatting with you again in the future. Yeah, great fun, Bren. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlessswimming.com.